Hi there, this is Dan Delta Collins. You're listening to Wandering DMs. Wandering DMs is broadcast live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash wanderingdms and also youtube.com slash wanderingdms. We hope you enjoy the show. everyone welcome to wandering dms i'm paul and i'm dan and you have just tuned in to the wandering dms 2023 year in review show and it's also hey coincidentally it's also our fifth year anniversary of the channel this week so we're going to be looking back at some of our favorite encounters of this year and from years before checking in with our viewers on some of their favorite beats and we'll also look at what's next for the wandering dms all that and more today on our show before we get into that, I will remind everyone, as always, that after the show, we will be hosting our final for the year after party chat. That is a private video chat that Dan and I host on our Discord server, which uh, is open to all our patrons. So if you want to join in on that, all you have to do is join our Patreon at patreon.com slash wandering DMs. Join at any tier and you'll get an invite to our Discord server. And then uh, around 2 p.m. Eastern at the end of the show, a little bit after maybe if we uh, take a little little break in between. We'll, um, we'll uh, see you at the after chat. Yeah, we always love that every week, as a matter of fact. So uh, so five years. So, you know, um, we I, I think we probably said a couple times on the streams that anytime Paul and I would get together with friends and one of us would be running D&D or something like that, we would we would we would engage in a conversation inevitably about some gaming thing. And for, for quite a number of years, our friends would say, you really ought to you really ought to do this publicly, like on a stream. And I think we resisted it for a number of years. And yeah. we finally uh, dipped our toe in the pool in 2018. And if you recall, you know, when we started, we were bi-weekly. Like we weren't entirely sure that we were going to have <laughs> enough content, right, to yeah. do this every week. And we got started and we, you know, we enjoyed it. We had a good time with it. We got great feedback from our viewers and stuff like that. And here we are five years later of basically doing it every week with no stop in sight. And every week after week, we, you know, we have these ideas sometimes with viewers and we go, hmm, not entirely sure that can fill up a whole hour. And then 60 minutes later, we're like, oh, geez, we're going to have to dedicate like at least three weeks to that. <laughs> so it's been super like rewarding. And, and thanks to everybody for tuning in. At, at some point, maybe we should go back, Dan, and find all of the videos that were cut short and all the times we said that. And I don't know. If we do that, maybe we end up with five more years of content. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to go back. We're going to review all the things, all the things that we ran out of time to discuss. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is I remember uh, when it was proposed to us to do this, originally the discussion was a podcast. You guys should host a podcast. You know, and that, yes. I was thinking like audio-only podcast was mm -hmm. typical. And so, um, you know, I think we both resisted that because, oh my gosh, editing, that's way too much work. Who, who wants to do that? Yeah. Right. And then the idea of doing right. it as a live stream, once live stream kind of was catching on, we thought, oh, that's great. Easy, right? Just turn on the cameras and just go. And that's so, so little work from us, Dan. And that's, that's where we landed, Everybody. right? This, this, this stream <laughs> requires so little work from us, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then somewhere along the lines, we were like, let's do a bunch of, uh, let's do some edited shows and let's do more shows and let's do, I don't know, all kinds of stuff. 
We have tried. I a lot think of that it works. I think it, you know, it really is very, the, the, the live streaming is very simpatico with the hobby itself, right? So when you're, mm. when you're DMing or you're playing, you know, it's all, you're always, uh, you're, you're always uh, running without a safety net, right? And it's kind of uh, our friends that are in improv comedy and things like that, that are very closely related. It's kind of a high risk, high reward endeavor. And, you know, sometimes it's going to be a one of a kind experience that can't ever be replicated. And other times it's going to be a giant fart and <laughs> and you roll the dice and you take your chances. And personally, I'm actually yeah. really happy that our show kind of echoes that experience of, of live play. And it's a, it's a little bit dangerous. And if we screw up, if we screw up live, it's, it's out there forever. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Someday yeah. I'll regret that, but that's, that's the deal. Yeah, I know. I know, Dan. You often tell me how much you love that it's that it's live and just woohoo. But um, you know, I think that the times that it freaks me out is honestly the the scrambles, the last minute scrambles that sometimes go on when we're like, oh, we're supposed to start right now, but nothing's working, or this this computer died, or that uh, that file is wrong, or got corrupted, or whatever, some technical. And I'm sitting here just desperately trying to get the stream online. Oh boy. It, it is true that Paul, of course, takes care of the, the tech on almost all of our shows. And uh, that, you know, that, and I, so I, I, I sympathize. So obviously that burdens a little bit more on Paul right before that. And, and there, there's a number of weeks where that's happening. Like, Take your time. I'm, 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 I can be patient. I understand. No problem. But it's, 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 it's totally in Paul's hands. So the fact that the show usually starts on time and usually generally runs in a competent manner is all credit due to Paul on that. You know, I've I've learned so much about video editing and video streaming since the start of this. Uh, it is really quite shocking, frankly. Yeah. And just before this, yeah. just before we went live, I kind of just on, on a lark went went to our uh, YouTube channel and queued up the first ever video we recorded. And holy cow! Oh, oh my gosh, it was uh, it was rough. It was rough. Dan, I actually have something here for you if you're interested. Uh, if you'd like to watch this with I'm me, very I have. I have here a video that is our first ever intro sequence. Now, one of the interesting things about that first ever episode we did is there was no intro, right? Just cameras turn on and there we go. Hi, I'm yeah. Paul. Let's talk, right? Um, but eventually we were like, you know what? We need a little we need a little introductory video. And so I started mucking around with some editing software, exactly what we were supposed to not do, right? <laughs> um, and... Um, this was before the Big Bad, right? The Big Bad, uh, I worked with our editor, Russ Lichter, on a bunch of the editing. I learned how to use um, Adobe Premiere. Um, I, I just learned uh, so many, uh, so many good tools that now I like, I feel like maybe I have a little skill at this. But back then I had nothing and I was just like, I didn't want to invest money. So I was just looking for free tools. So I actually made a little thing uh, on iMovie. And I'm gonna want, I'm wondering, Dan, if you remember this. I have this labeled in my hard drive as trailer version zero. Right, so we're gonna watch a lot together right now. And uh, and we're so gonna confused. enjoy uh, gonna enjoy enjoy our reactions together. Here we go, ready? <laughs> oh my. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Oh, remember right. This? Oh, right. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, my God. You look right. like you're 14. <laughs> <laughs> All 
I, I mean, this is pure nonsense to kind of auto-generate my iMovie, right? I'm sure there's a million trailers out there that look like this thing with little clips, random images. Okay. Every Sunday is that one. I kind of don't hate I kind of like it. <laughs> I like that there's a chart. <laughs> I like that there's a statistical chart in it, actually. Yeah, the problem, the, the tough thing is our is our um, in like where we are now uh, lighting and cameras, right? That 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 actually does kind of look rough, but the rest of it's kind of the rest of it's kind of charming. <laughs> I don't actually think use ever it. Did you actually saw, use that? I don't, I don't think it. Uh, I think that's the first time it's ever been aired on okay. this. Channel. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know, uh, wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna show this comment, right? Hachi Machi pointing out that so much man on the street footage. Yeah, back in 2018, pre-pandemic, we we actually tried to embody the wandering part of wandering DMs, right? We like to go places, go to conventions, yeah, yeah, go yeah, out yeah. Floor. yeah. Uh, you did a whole series, right? Of like uh, of of Dan's wanderings. Was it just called wanderings? I can't even remember what it was called. Yeah, particularly in in 2018, we took a we we uh, Isabel and I did, took one of our very rare uh, trips to Peru. Actually, and my mind was just you know blown at you know being able to mm -hmm. hike in mountainous territories. Really, you know, frankly, a highlight. Um, yeah, so that was that was the, <laughs> that was the original plan. Like just just a year before uh, before COVID hit, and really uh, yeah. re really threw us a curveball. Yeah, it'd be nice to get back and do some more of that stuff. Um, even just not just yeah. that, but like the thing that I always think of is that we did a several episodes live from convention floors, right? We would go to various we went to yeah. unplugged, right. went to Total Con, you know, and we would we would just we would just air the show right from the from the convention. In fact, I remember the first time we went to Total Con together, we didn't do a show on Sunday because the convention was is a four day convention that goes all the way through Sunday. And instead we just aired little snippets. Just whenever we had time, we just turned the camera on yeah. and like you know, did a five-minute blah from Otocon. Um, that was super fun. I enjoyed that. It was rough. It though. was like it was the, the internet yeah. connection at those hotels is not great. <laughs> yes, right. That was that was technically technically risky. Um, and I will I, I on that the whole slight redirection that the channel's taken. I will remember that. Um, what were we at? We were at. Possibly, I guess we were at PAX Unplugged, right? In late 2019, we were coming up with a bunch of ideas, such as the Big Bad, at that convention. And you know, you Paul, you were just talking about it like 10 minutes before we started here. Uh, make make a really nice themed thumbnail for each season. And what what you came up with for 2020 was two dice showing 20s that said, you know, 2020, 20. 2020 we're gonna be rolling with advantage and you know a year later i was like we were rolling with disadvantage <laughs> uh, now, 2020 was the opposite see. of that thank yeah, goodness we yeah. rolled two 20s yeah otherwise we couldn't hit anything <laughs> that's funny i remember actually i was traveling at the the very end of 2019 very beginning of 2020 i was i think i was in arizona and so those photos of that cover of the two dice 
is was taken in a hotel room or an Airbnb in Arizona. <laughs> I was just mucking around that morning and <laughs> trying to be like, I guess we need a cover for this thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's when we that must have been around when we started um, um, doing exactly what we said we weren't going to do, which is actually producing audio podcasts and and just kind of figured out a way to strip the audio out of these live streams and present those as audio podcasts. I think that cover really gets used. You know, let me just yeah. throw up a, 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 a message in the chat from our good friend Hachi Machi, um, who when, when we when our initial idea for the channel uh, and Hachi Machi's uh, uh, take on it is streaming content is easy. You just turn on the camera and dedicate the rest of your life to it. <laughs> yep. Yep. <It's> about... <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, you know, you honestly, know. though, right. Right. When, you know, I mean, the, the big thing that that threw us that threw that threw everyone right is, of course, the, the pandemic. But um, I think then in as that really took hold in 2020, that kind of gave us an outlet. Right. There was something to do. I feel like we streamed more in 2020 probably than any other year yeah. because we were just we like, did. What are we going to do? I don't know. Let's let's play games. Right. We did. We did some one on one games. We did some video game streaming, all kinds of stuff. We tried a lot of different <laughs> A lot of different things. Yeah, yeah. And I will say, so that the the solo play that specifically you and I did, right? We had a we had a solo stream for about half the half the year in twenty twenty. Re really helped get us both through it. Frankly, yeah. There was, there was this yeah. moment where kind of Paul and Dan needed that. Uh, you know, had hadn't done online uh, gaming before that, and you know, it was both really an edu you know a learning opportunity for both of us you know, a way to connect to just anybody outside the house um, and was really, uh, you know, really important at that time. And that was, you know, that's actually one of my highlights from the last the last five years, frankly, is, is you and I being able to do our solo gaming. And that's a great playlist that we have on the channel and um, yeah. was uh, super, super. I'm super thankful for it, among other things. Awesome. What would you say, Dan, is the most surprising thing to come out of this channel that you did not expect when we first sat down and said, hey, let's let's try turning on the cameras and chatting every other week? Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. I, <laughs> that's uh, uh, the, the, the fact that we've got so much content on it, probably. The, fa the fact that we yeah. started off, like I was saying, like bi-weekly, well, maybe we can do this every now and then. Uh, you know, the fact that anybody wants to watch it. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that anyone wants Cause to we, watch it. I resisted that for a long time. And we have just gotten such such wonderful feedback, just such wonderful feedback. I probably wouldn't have expected that. And the fact that the fact that we just we get such, such you know, such, you know, learned, uh, smart uh, viewers in the chat every week um, r really just makes my day. Every time we do this, that that is that that probably right there is like, wow, people actually watch it and are interested and kind of wait for it every Sunday. That's that's truly amazing. And for, for, for the viewers right now, I cannot I cannot thank you enough for the energy that you put into it because you make you make my life and Paul's life just better just for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's uh, interesting. I think. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, okay, in addition to it being the five-year anniversary, uh, another thing that I got recently is I got an email, an automated email, I think, from YouTube or, mm -hmm. or another service congratulating us on hitting 200,000 views. Congratulations, Dan. 200,000. Yeah. yeah, wasn't... That's, uh, that's not bad. Yeah. I'll take it. 
I'll take yeah, it. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Amazing. Uh, you know, we put, you know, the truth is we put, you know, quite a bit. Hachi Machi's comment is really pretty on the on 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 the, the target is we, you know, we put in quite a bit of effort. We care about this. We we want it. We want to people to get value never, out of it. And yeah. Yeah. It is never what you think, though, right? It's never it's <laughs> the videos that take off are never the ones you think are going to. Um, you know, I'll just I'll lead in there from like like what Dan, yeah. what is our single most viewed video ever? What is what is the most successful so, thing we've done on YouTube in these five years? This was what I was gonna kick off as the second yeah, surprising yeah. thing. Thank you so much yeah. for uh, for pitching that to me. Uh -huh. Is uh uh you know you know tangenting out of our solo play, Paul again in 2020 made a couple of he just made like five minute videos on his own, and one of them was can you play solo D D? And that 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 alone accounts for about a quarter of the views on the channel over the last five years. It's it's <laughs> it, it's so weird to me how well this video has done. It literally was a a, a lark of a thing I did on a, on a random Saturday when I was bored and had nothing else going on. I was like, eh, let me try recording this thing, and I just kind of made it up on the spot. <laughs> and it shot you know, together. there are these moments where you just find you just find the zeitgeist and it, it was in 2020 and people were locked down they wanted to play DD. they didn't know how to do it um and paul found that moment and he showed people the way and we still get you know we still get you know people finding it all the time and people commenting on it and honestly sometimes you know the comments you know vary between um uh you know enriching you know thankful and you know, people being in a needy place, you know, people, frankly, being alone in the world and, you know, looking for some way to feel like they're part of the world, frankly. And mm. it is it's a real it's really a roller coaster. It's there's a lot of ups and downs there as people discover that. And uh, boy, Paul, you really you really touched a nerve. It's 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 very I don't know it's it's very strange I have a very strange uh, emotion from that like I'm proud that I made a thing that that was that successful mm -hmm. it, the amount of effort to the success seems really bizarre to me especially when you consider how much effort we put into the big bad which was meant to be our huge breakout right that was gonna be it man that was gonna be our show it was still well, good don't get me wrong it did well and some of some of the episodes on it actually have quite a few views but not like oh yeah not even in oh, the yeah. ballpark <laughs> with that solo video well i were you know i mentioned i believe like a week ago right i remember th this moment in like 77 78 right where you know gary gygax is crunching on his uh you know magnum opus of advanced dungeons and dragons we're going to have the first hardcover books in gaming for the first time ever um and while as that starts to roll out um holmes D, &D basic set just explodes, just explodes on an unforeseen level that frankly blows AD&D completely out of the water at that moment. And, you know, G Gary being a little irritated, <laughs> you know, giving a couple of tells and what he was writing, I'd be a little irritated at the surprise, but that's, uh, again, that's the, that's the, the risk and reward. Um, and, um, you know, you, 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 you found the right moment. Yep, and that's you know I don't know that's that's the game in entertainment I think is yeah. you know keep trying things and when something hits run with it man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
But I will yeah. say that, you know, the big bad, and again, you know, Paul did a, a truly heroic amount of technical effort because when we, um, and you may throw up, a, throw up, a, throw up the cover of, of when we played the, the web DM, um, uh, the, the, the big bad is one of the finest, you know, endeavors that I've personally ever been a part of. And uh, initially, again, we taped that in 2020. And initially, I was supposed to um, travel up to Massachusetts and stay with Paul for the month, frankly, when we were going to tape that and, you know, participate in the, the technical aspect. That got wiped off the board. And so Paul had to do the job of at least two or three people. And it's amazing that it came together the way I'm that it did. I'm trying to remember, Dan. So exciting. I, I'm trying to remember um, at what point in this we decided to have the participants call in remotely, because I certainly remember when we were talking to our sponsor, Dwarven Forge, that it, that right. was definitely before the pandemic, right? It was just at the tip of it, right? You yeah. and I went to yeah. PAX East, I think, to meet up with yep. them like in February of 2020 or something like that. And it was, mm -hmm. and there was a breakout of, of coronavirus at that convention. And thankfully we both yep. missed it, but like, <laughs> that was some scary stuff, man. <laughs> but obviously we were, we were well into the planning stages at that point of making the show. Were we already talking about doing it remotely just because that was what we thought would work? Or was that a pivot based on the fact that we were all suddenly in lockdown? That's fascinating. Yeah, I'm having remember. trouble remembering that. I feel yeah, right. <laughs> I, I bet the way that usually runs is I was probably pushing a little bit more for online, and you were probably pushing a little bit more for live. Is usually the the yin yang that we have on that. Yeah, I mean, good question. I think, um, good question. Yeah, yeah. I would still love to do that thing live. I think that would be super fun. I would, I would love to, you know. And, and, and frankly, part of me really wants to do it as like live, live, like let's get on a stage <laughs> with a bunch yeah, of contestants, yeah. yeah. the cameras, have an audience. Let's go. Let's do it. I think that would be super. That would be the best. <laughs> that would be the best. I, I, I got to admit, I really, it's funny because, you know, I still see, uh, you know, modern players like on social media go tournaments. What, how, how on earth? Like I saw just a couple of weeks ago, I saw someone um, saying, I don't understand how D&D could have possibly ever had tournaments because the whole point is cooperative play. The whole point is cooperating as a team. How, what, what does it yeah. mean to be a, in a competitive tournament? I don't even understand that. And, and you know, th those of us who are old school schoolers know that that was the top play form. And it, it really, um, it really had a massive effect on the evolution of the game in the late 70s, early 80s, because that was the primary, as Tim Kask has told us, that was the primary moneymaker from the game at one point. Um, so I, I really, you know, I like tournament play. I like, I'm a competitive guy. I like sharing this now novelty with people, and I, I wish we could um, do that more. I think I really thought we had hit landed something there because I think other folks have tried to do competitive D and D and they always land in the space where they have individual players actually just fighting each other in right. A, in, right. in a quick, you know, battle, which I guess that's a thing. I mean, maybe that's entertaining, but it doesn't feel like D and D, right? Whereas when we said, Well, what if we treat it like a like an old school tournament where you're a team and you're trying and you're just playing a standardized, you know, scenario and every and there's a way to score it and everybody's playing the same scenario. Um, which exactly how they did it in the seventies. Like, let's just do that. And 
Sure enough, I yeah. think it worked really well. I, I do too. And I, I, I generally like team play, right? I like to see what yeah. the interactions are with the, with the different, you know, how they, how they, the, the meta game of how they plan, how they prep, how they organize. Yeah. Um, I thought that was an interesting viewing experience there too, of, of that after watching the, uh, a couple of episodes, players would sort of know the scenario, right? And so they could watch and anticipate as the next team, yeah, like, oh, right. oh, are they gonna, are they gonna hit the purple worms? <laughs> I think they're headed for it, uh-oh. <laughs> right, right, that was a nice beat. That was really a nice beat. You know, one thing that I really liked about this year, and this this syncs up, is we, we and again, it's one, you know, some of these episodes that are like, frankly, too close to us for me to think of. And either one of our viewers, one of our patrons on Discord suggests it, and I'm like, I, I was completely blind to this kind of thing. Or, you know, sometimes, Paul, you bring up something that is, again, just like a fish in water. I just, I just wasn't going to see it. And so someone suggested do an episode on our D&D, right? On uh, what we call Original Edition Delta um, that we've uh, cooperated and given feedback on. So we we did that this season, our own Dungeons and Dragons, and that was that was a, a really nice opportunity to you know share our cust slightly customized old school D and D. And again, I kind of come at it from the original D and D angle. Paul kind of comes at it from Moldvay BX. And over time, we realized we were kind of basically more or less playing the same accidentally, um, which was a really really wonderful discovery. So us being able to share that um, with possibly new people. And if you want to find out more, go to oedgames.com. And among the things we have there is we've got the, you know, the free house rules for OD&D. We now have OED expanded. Enormous thanks to uh, William, who I customarily call my aide de camp, who's really taken the lead on that and really, uh, you know, made it possible for this OED Expanded, which is like a whole fully formed game that you can just get for free there on oedgames.com. Huge thanks to William for that. So my question, Paul, is if we do, if we did the big bad live again, what rule set would you want? Would you want to do it with fifth edition or one D&D or, or would you want to do it with, with our own Dungeons and Dragons? Um, I, I would I would do it with OED. I think um, I think that's that's more consistent with what our what our viewers want to see. Uh, it's more consistent with what you and I enjoy, right? I mean, certainly with big with, and this was a debate we had, right? When we were recording the big bad or when we were coming up concepting the idea, we went back and forth on this of like, should we use old school or 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 fifth edition? And we thought maybe we would get a bigger audience if we did fifth edition because it is more widely used right and 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 it would be easier to get teams to come and play because that's that's what you know the current zeitgeist is playing yeah. so they they will know it right we don't have, we won't have to teach rules um but you and i have run we ran early versions of um a, yeah. you know prototype game that we call boss fight for breakfast which is sort of are also part of the origin of the idea here we would run that at conventions um and that we used old school D and D for, and that that certainly went went very well. I enjoyed it. It's yeah, certainly so that, what we it's if we run games at a convention, that's what we normally do. When we run, you know, HelgaCon, that's what we normally do. It's on our minds. So it was, you know, we we had to learn. I had to learn fifth edition for the show, frankly, 
Um, yeah. And you know, if you look, if you look closely, you know, I didn't. <laughs> I made I made a couple of glitches. I made a couple of glitches with my spell selections once in a while, as the bad mm -hmm. guy. Um, uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, so I think that um, I'm glad to hear that. I think if we ran with old school D and D, right, with OED, um, the body count would be much higher. Yeah, yeah. Be like have some poison. <laughs> that makes have you have some happy. poison, newbie. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Have some yeah. level drain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You would see more of what I expected, which we saw in the in the boss fight games, which is that we would come to those games with a big pile of character sheets, right? And the idea was like you've got you've got two hours to, to do this, and here's the characters, right. and if you die, you can get you can pull a new one in, right? And we would spin through several characters, and I liked that. I liked the idea of that being part of the scoring of like how few yes. characters can you accomplish this with. Right. <laughs> um, let me tell you, Dan, let me, let me pivot a little bit here. You know, um, one of the things that um, I found most surprising over the lifespan of this whole show is our inclusion of special guests. I know you have a, a wonderful graphic you've made okay. here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show it to everybody. Um, I never anticipated that we would get people like this onto our show, right? And, that, and it started, I can't remember, I feel like Joe Manganiello was probably the first big get that we had was he our first yeah guest i think guest? so i can't remember good um, good question good question yeah. um uh, but you're but right very I, early over, over of the show yeah. like arguably a little bit too early right we had yeah. we had we, <laughs> yeah. you know we had a couple of you know tech hiccups that we were we were yeah. both kind of embarrassed about afterwards frankly um but yes the uh really I've always been like ecstatically happy with uh, how many people say yes to our guest offers. And I, there are many, many people that I was like, that's, that blows me away. Uh, you know, if I could, if I could go back and tell 10 year old me that we were going to someday, you know, interview X, Y, or Z, uh, that would have, you know, I, I, I'm, I, frankly, the 10 year old me that's in me is still amazed at that. And, uh, yeah. you know, frankly, we've made, you know, a number of really, you know, what I, people that I honestly consider really great friends from their appearances on the show. And among, you know, among people that we have uh, repeatedly, and I'm always excited to have them back, you know, Keith Amon, James Malaszewski, John Peterson, right? It's funny how many guests like say, oh, there's this guy that's really educated about D&D named John Peterson. And right, and, and we always have to say yes, yes. Okay. We're in close, we're fairly close contact with 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 Mr. Peterson. You know, having Luke Gygax on, having Luke show up, frankly, by surprise in the big bad when we weren't ready for him, <laughs> uh, was was probably one well. of the standout moments ever. Um, you know, having uh, Bob Salvatore and you know Griff Morgan, Michael Curtis, Tim Cask on have been you know overwhelmingly. Um, you know, gratifying this, this year in particular, right. We had Matt Finch on, um, and we, you know, love Matt Finch's work with swords and wizardry and Tome of adventure design that we use a lot for dungeon design dashes and his fantasy builder, fantasy adventure builder app. And we had Justin Alexander on twice, right. Which is kind of uncommon. We had him once on at the start of the year to talk about the OGL. And we had him on a month or two back to talk about his book. Um, so you want to be a DM, which we, which we frankly adore and is new uh, in stores this month. 
and, you know, would make a great Christmas gift for somebody. Um, and, you know, really interesting book, again, goes from basically square zero to expert DMing in one volume. So love to have, love to have all those folks on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, our 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 top right i believe that our top um watched guest video uh was the was the appearance by janelle jaquays and legendary right legendary adventure designer really just changed the whole texture of what role-playing game adventures looked like um just so great you know great artist great designer great game runner um just just ran the board in so many ways with early old school role playing and so again amazingly gratified thankful to have janelle on the show um and at the moment unfortunately uh you know janelle has had some uh, some major medical issues just in the last month or two sadly um and so um has has uh, racked up uh, quite a number of medical bills in the last couple of weeks so janelle's partner rebecca i believe has a GoFundMe up at the moment uh, to try to help Janelle with her medical bills. And so if you'd like, we would love to have Janelle back on the show someday, if possible. And if you'd like to um, assist uh, with Janelle's medical bills, I have a link on the YouTube description right now campaign. So that would be, that would be maybe, maybe a nice uh, holiday gift um, to Janelle and her partner here in uh, the, the, the end of the year. I, I really hope Janelle gets better as soon as possible. Excellent. Likewise. Likewise. Thank you for for bringing that up and uh, and for sharing the link. Yeah. So definitely, uh, please, if you're if you're uh, so inclined, check out the link in the in the description of the video here and uh, consider consider donating to the GoFundMe. Definitely. Definitely. Yep. Um. What else, Dan? Uh, I feel like there's so much. There's so much to talk about here of things that have come out of uh, the show or that have have uh, um, you know that, that we've done over the past couple of years or even just in this past year that that are worth uh, picking out. Specifically this year, right? I you know if I look at the playlist of this year, right? We 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 literally started with a bang with probably the single most. Uh, like amazing moment in D and D publication history that I've seen in my lifetime, and that was right at the start of the year. Hasbro came in in and said that basically they were going to retract the open gaming license, which supported all this indie game development for the last twenty years or so, right? And they were, you know, they were saying we're going to have an open gaming license one point one, or actually the second time they said that, and but more or less it just retracted every you know freedom that indie developers, indie gamers were, were relying on for about 20 years. Um, and the, the, they, they seemed really bound and determined for that and have like, we have to now authorize everything and you need to pay us for almost practically anything, which was just going to kill it dead. And that I have never seen such a thing, but uh, Lynn Cadega, the, the gaming journalist at the time at io9, just did a, a completely Herculean effort of getting the information, getting out in front of the story in advance, uh, making people aware of what they were trying to do legally, and more or less, you know, single-handedly forced Hasbro to turn course and actually do exactly the opposite of 
what you know i believe this was all in the month of january of this year wound up releasing the srd uh, the system reference document that's the core of dnd under a creative commons license which is absolutely permanently irrevocable um and yeah. uh so all that all that stuff that's the core of dnd is now irre irre irrevocably available to people and also just takes off the entire motivation for screwing with the open gaming license. So me personally, I can't imagine there, there's no upside now to removing the OGL either. So Lynn did, and we had Lynn on, I think yeah, about that was, the last week of January or so. I think that was just such a fascinating time for this channel, right? Because we had other right? plans, right? We were about ready to start up our new season. Mm. We had we had ideas of shows to do, and this came out, and we just we hit it right right from the beginning. We we're like, we have to talk about this, and then it took over the channel. We had like four episodes in a row, yeah. all through January, about this. Um, where I think you had already even lined up Justin Alexander to come and come on and talk, possibly about other things, and then suddenly we're actually spending the episode um, picking his brain for you know legal input on <laughs> this issue right, right? i think i almost right. think that's why we right. got justin on twice right we we owed him an episode yes. after doing yes. an episode yeah, just well, to talk about ogl yeah. <laughs> well put well put yeah we did we did an opening episode on on this this like this thumbnail right there was our very first episode of this year and then we had justin on and then i think two weeks after that we had lynn on to talk about it and uh, I, I it, you know, my, all of the product, all of the little indie products that I published used the OGL to do so. Uh, Book of War, Book of Spells, yep. Deck of Spells. Um, so I was, I was certainly scrambling. Frankly, I was scrambling behind the scenes in January to either modify stuff or you know create new stuff on uh, Drive Through RPG. And uh, what I, I, you know, I probably a couple of really late nights, and then just this whiplash of fridays in particular some kind of new bomb new news bomb yeah. having to yeah, uh, pivot and yeah. the funny it, thing is so so lynn's um if i could just kind of put the the, yeah. the terminus on the story yeah. right lynn's work was unprecedented as far as i could tell and the completely bizarre thing is i believe it was just a month ago or so that io9 released uh, you know, let go from employment a whole bunch of people, including Lynn Cadega, which is completely mind blowing because it was the most amazing gaming journalism that I've ever seen in my entire career. Um, and from what I saw on social media, Lynn was, I just have to accept this, that they have no idea what I was doing. There was some executive decision to cut a bunch of people. They have no idea what I was doing. Human resources contacted me and literally didn't know who I was. It was like, I think you're the person that does AI work, I guess, something like that. Anyway, you're gone. Which is anyway, someone needs to hire Lynn Cadega because they're yeah. they're amazing. Yeah, to totally agree. Totally agree. Dan, when when you were discussing their uh, the impact of of OGL on our own side projects uh, and specifically Book of War, I want I want to review that a little bit, right? Like it's been really gratifying, I think, to both of us to be able to use the channel to promote other related gaming yeah. side projects that we've both that we've each worked on. Um, and specifically, I'm looking here at, at your Book of War progression. How how did how did that feel for you uh, this this year of uh, of doing Book of War games on the stream? I, you know, that's it's really, it's really kind of where my heart is is doing specifically fantasy wargaming, specifically D and D fantasy wargaming, and uh, somehow that got its hooks in me at an at an early you know age, and I've always been iterating and wanting to make that 
playwright and, and wanting other people to play with me, frankly. So as I think a couple of us said last week, like a lot of you know my iterations are frankly to make a game that is welcoming for, for new people enough that I can have people over to my house and just sit down and immediately start playing and it kind of makes sense. So I adore, you know, being able to do that. And again, getting feedback from very knowledgeable war gamers about, you know, things that we could possibly adjust. Having Dan Cullinan sit in as the, uh, as my, uh, you know, primary opposition for the last year has been an enormous treasure. I'm so glad that Dan, you know, lived fairly close to me, frankly, and uh, pitched in and, and wanted to man up to, uh, you know, playing every other week Book of War. And of course, prior to that, uh, you know, Isabel, of course, uh, my partner Isabel was the primary player. And I love playing, I love playing with Isabel. I think people love seeing her on the stream. We did, a, we did a stream on Thanksgiving where she appeared for the first time in about a year. And if I could get Isabel, you know, to play online, she's so smart, she's so good, she's, she's so charismatic on camera, frankly, that if I could get her to be, you know, she could, she could easily be the, I, she, I think she could easily be the world's most successful female war gamer if that's what she wanted to prioritize. But she has a whole lot of things in her life like everybody else. Um, and uh, so I, I uh, can't thank Dan and Isabel enough for, for joining in and also people watching, because I, I really do love that. Also, you know, Isabel's art episodes where I sit down usually about once a season and do a D&D &D and art thing, like once, you know, covering a particular decade. Those have been mm -hmm. a super, super popular as well. So thanks to yeah. Isabel for at least two things. I, I totally agree. Any, any anytime you can uh, you can convince Isabel to appear on stream, it's a it's a great it's a great show. So I'd, I'd love right. to see her on yeah. more as well. Um, and yeah, I think it's very clever to um, you know as you're continuing to develop Book of War to do this you know streamed live streamed games of it, both as a way to raise uh, you know awareness for just the sake of publicity, but also as a way to test the game and get live feedback. It's um, this is very modern, Dan. Frankly, I've, I I recently, not so long ago, was working on a contract that was a, a, for an MMO, and that's exactly what they were doing. Right? Is that they were they would have weekly playtests, and one of the people on the team would live stream the playtest again to not only to show off what we're doing and 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 start to gather up the their audience, but also you know to to get actual live feedback. So useful. I assume this. I assume that's worked for you, right? I assume you've gotten feedback from viewers that have directly impacted the game. Definitely, definitely, hundred percent. Yes, there were th there right. are things that I've, we I've adjusted, and either you know we backed off between Isabel and me, or we backed off based on um, comments. Particularly our viewer Seeker, very uh, Julian, very knowledgeable, has has really been very dedicated actually to um, and he, and it's funny because Seeker mostly plays fifth edition D and D, I believe, um, but again, very very knowledgeable, great feedback. Um, and him and other people that have tuned in all the time, I have really, you know, really, again, improved the game in a lot of ways. So we hopefully we'll continue to do that. Now, likewise, Paul, like this year, right, we got to look at your game, Fearful Ends, as it was rolling out. And in particular, we spent a lot of time, like in October, when the Kickstarter was up, um, and we had a number of episodes that were like on our minds as you were finalizing Fearful Ends. So we had episodes on, um, let me see, ad adapting content 
on safety tools and impossible odds, which is kind of one of these weird, like the impossible odds episode is one of these kind of, it feels like a weird niche topic that only you and I would care about. And then like, how do you handle cases of impossible odds at the table? And that was like such a fruitful conversation that mm -hmm. I'm, mm -hmm. I, we had, we had really great conversations spinning out of you finalizing fearful ends. And I'm, I'm really glad that that was a successful Kickstarter. Yeah. Fear, fearful ends is a project, you know, obviously very near and dear to my heart. Um, and uh, it was my first go at, at trying to kickstart something. Um, definitely in retrospect, maybe it was a little ambitious. Um, you know, I developed Fearful Ends because I was started to write horror scenarios and I didn't like the, the various horror systems out there to write against. And I kept going back and forth on like, what system do I write against? Finally, um, you know, I, I developed the mental stress cards originally as just their own thing because I didn't like the uh, insanity mechanics in a lot of existing horror RPGs. And then eventually I built a whole system around that. Um, and I thought, well, let me kickstart this as a, as a starting point. And then from there I can publish more scenarios on top of this. And that's still ultimately the plan. So folks, uh, fans of Fearful Ends, watch, keep watching because there will be more content, more Fearful Ends content coming out uh, down the road. But um, wow, I mean, it, it, as a, as it was a very dramatic uh, Kickstarter experience for me because uh, we just barely scraped over the target goal at the very end of the Kickstarter. I I was convinced in the final weekend that it was not going to fly, and yet here I am actually right now. I have I have here uh, physical. Here it is. This is the product. Oh, uh, oh those look so nice. Here's, here's here's the book and the and the stress deck that that come with the core set that uh, um is being is shipping right now. I've got boxes on my dining room table waiting to be delivered to the post office uh, to go out. Hopefully to get everybody uh, everybody the game the game by Christmas. Hopefully. Uh, which is way faster than I was expecting, so I'm really pleased about that. Um, Great, but uh, yeah, once once we get that all out, um, uh, you'll be able to buy physical copies uh, through our distributor, Watch Factory Games. Um, uh, you can check them out, WatchFactoryGames.com. I think you can buy the digital version there right now, but the physical version will be out once we're once we're past the the fulfillment of the Kickstarter. And you'll be able to buy physical copies of the game there. Great. Um, Great. And then, uh, and but I'm super looking forward, frankly, to uh, getting some of these scenarios out because I've got a couple doozies that are itching to be printed, possibly literally itching. <laughs> 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 I will point know. out that uh, the the Kickstarter funded. I was live on air, right? That's right. <laughs> Is right. that that last weekend of Halloween? Paul uh, was, I believe, you were at Carnage Convention running a bunch of games. For people to know mm -hmm. about it, I did uh, a, an online stream that Sunday myself, where we were doing a live watch of your actual play video. And between the start and the end, we were pretty far away. And then it actually funded at the end. And I, be I believe, as usual, I think it was William that was the first one to point out that it was like going up very rapidly while I was online. Um, so if anybody goes back and watches that actual play, you're going to see, you're going to see me realizing <laughs> in real time that thing is funding as we, as we spoke about it. So that was, yeah, um, was. that was, I, I got off the air and I'm like, did I, I hope I didn't hallucinate that because that seemed really, <laughs> really astonishing. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually super glad that you happened to be on stream the moment that happened because I mean, I don't know, 
shocking Dan and watching his reactions are, of course, all of our favorites uh, <laughs> here on the show. So I glitched up the end, right? I actually glitched up the end of the show. So I forgot to, I was so discombobulated. I forgot to run the credits. I apologize to everybody, <laughs> all the patrons who I was supposed to run your names at the end of the show. And I was just like, I just like, and we're out. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Oh yeah, well that's that's very gratifying. Again, I know it's not it's not yeah. the the major you know horror RPGs are a little bit on the edge of uh, of the, the the you know purpose or or uh, mission statement of this channel, but uh, I'm really glad that we have the space to talk about it because it's something that I think about a lot. I we this is okay, viewers. This right here is actually a point of debate between me and Paul all the time. Is that I? I actually am happy to have. I, I think horror's right in our pocket. I, I mean, I, I think that D and D fundamentally comes from a horror root. I think that anytime you're playing old school D and D, it turns, as you know, I've said it many times before, it turns into a horror story all the time, anyway. And um, I think that's. I, I think that that, and I, I think people, you know, uh, understand it, um, and people like our. Uh, you know, we've had good success with. You know, kind of a big tent attitude when we mm. do episodes about Wild West games or um, you know Adventures on Mars, which was a great episode uh, this season, or a whole bunch of different um, you know types of uh, genres around you know that have branched off what I would consider to be core D and D myself. So I think I think that that belongs belongs on the right on the channel, and I could not be more delighted that we get to talk more about it. Great. Well, I appreciate that, and and I can see where you're coming from with D and D turning into horror. I, it it does it does happen quite often, <laughs> <laughs> or horror turning into D and D. It goes both it both goes away. Well, it goes both ways. I think. <laughs> The the other thing that happened um, this year, and, and again, I'm glad we can talk about the last five years because I was playing right, uh, being able to uh, uh, spin up. Dan plays games from the elder times has been a really nice opportunity. I didn't think I was going to get into video game streaming on Twitch and YouTube, but that again, you know, something that I, I spun up kind of at the tail end of COVID um, was also very gratifying kind of to share the games that, you know, are legitimately kind of older that have been influential to me. And so at some point someone said, and I've never played the gold box games, as many as awards as they've, they've received and things like that. So I at someone's suggestion, I started playing Pool of Radiance, you know, around when it showed up on Steam in May of last year. And I didn't expect that it was going to take 18 months <laughs> to, to play from start to end. I didn't realize there was that much content in it. But um, I, I did play the, through the whole thing wound up, you know, wrapped up, I think, around the 1st of November. And then you and I got to do this recap episode uh, where we thought about the video game version and also the paper role-playing version that they called Ruins of Adventure at the time, uh, circa 1988. Um, and so that was another great opportunity, kind of get a slightly different, uh, a little bit of a different audience, actually, that would tune yeah. into that and be, you know, interested and see what kind of stumbles... <laughs> What kind of stumbles or reactions I would have as I discovered the game for the first time. Um, and so that was super nice and super nice to kind of learn about little bits and pieces that came out of that game that affected D&D &D later on. So that was a that was a spectacular opportunity, too. 
I was so delighted, Dan, when when I saw that you had picked that game to play because it's so rare on this channel that I have more of a background in some old aspect of D and D than you. And of course, I've been playing Pool of Radiance since it came out, and it's like one of my absolute favorite favorite all time video games. Um, and and frankly, I just became a viewer. It was delightful. I became a viewer. I was watching your show every episode. I watched them as they came out. <laughs> Uh, super, super enjoyed it. Uh, you know, got so in- invested in it that I had to pull out the game myself and play it a bunch, uh, just so I could yes, remember. You did. <laughs> you did do it. So the I, whole thing. I also, in about two weeks. Side by side. I believe. <laughs> I, like right? two weeks. I took 18 it months and Paul took two weeks, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've played it a few more times than you have. <laughs> yeah. Definitely got Paul, some At some point, Paul can go on and get it. You can do a speed run on, on the channel. Speed run. I don't know. My speed run, I'm sure, is still pretty miserable compared to most most folks' speed runs. But uh, <laughs> it is it is a, a wonderful game, and I and I and I love it. And I was so glad to see you do it. And it was fascinating to open up the print version of it because, frankly, really? I never had. I never had. I definitely I had some experience in my youth um, as a player playing in when someone was trying to run the Curse of the Azure Bonds print version, which is the second in the Gold Box series, but had never played Pool of Radiance. Uh, not not or, or read it or or tried to run it or any of that stuff, um, and just what an interesting product to look at, right? And you uh, pointing and I I ha- it wasn't on my radar, but the the great thing about that episode was you pulling out the clue book to the video game <laughs> and arguing that that you know arguably it's better written and you could almost run the game at a table almost better with the clue book, which I was a just a fascinating fascinating observation and really made me think about why you know why 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 that was so interesting yeah yeah that is that is i mean it's a great clue book it's a great artifact of <laughs> of, uh, of that game i think it's really fascinating, fascinating. Great. and absolutely <laughs> major major nostalgic factor for me of i remember being you know 12 years old sitting in the my dad's uh, my dad's library, which is where we ended up sticking the eighty eighty six that he had bought, and sitting there fl- flipping five and a quarter inch floppy disks to play this thing. Oh yes, oh yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Getting out the old code wheel. I was very impressed by your dedication to get the code wheel out every single episode, even though it was clearly not required. You could clearly just jump into the game and play without that thing. Uh, I, I, it was Real dedication to the bit. Well done. <laughs> there is, you know, if you do, if, thank you so much. You know, if you get it on Steam, there is the, uh, what, the assistant now? I can't remember what the name of it is. The uh, the gold box assistant. And uh, that I think there's some extra auto mapping or record keeping or things like that. And I scrupulously avoided it. I intentionally avoided yeah. any kind of assistance. It's, um, I mean, that it's wasn't fascinating. In the game at the time. I feel like that's so interesting because I, I get where you're coming from, right? And I get the idea of like, I don't want extra tools because I don't want to like cheat, right? I want the original experience. But the UI on that game is so old and so poor, right? Because it predates it's common true. uses of the mouse, yes. right? So everything's right. Like so the, my two favorite things from using because I have played with that, uh, the, the companion or the assistant or whatever the heck it's called. And yes, it does auto mapping, which is fantastic because I do not have the patience to sit there with graph paper with this game. So I definitely appreciate that it just auto maps for you. Um, but another stupid, simple thing is it shows all your characters with health bars. Like, 
that I, I, I didn't right. remember until I watched you stumble into right. it, that there's no indication that you have your maximum hit points anywhere. Right. Right. <laughs> like, what? Right. Are you kidding me? Uh, how do I know if I'm down one hit point or down 80? <laughs> Who knows? Right. <laughs> All I right. know is my current that hit was, points that are was not a, yeah. <laughs> So odd. Correct. Correct. That was like, you know, and the funny thing is when I dig into that again, you know, the funny thing is that if you look at, uh, for, you know, first edition, even first edition AD&D, there's no terminology for that. There isn't even mm -hmm. a phrase in the book. book points. They hadn't invented that yet. They have to use this really elaborate uh, piece of language of like the hit points that a character starts with before they are damaged when they start an adventure. And it's so it's so interesting. They didn't even have a piece of a, a, a phrasing. They didn't have a piece of vocabulary for that really important uh, detail, right? Such a, such a, it's a I'm just all I'm just per, you know consistently amazed at the you know the things I continue to learn about the evolution of D and D, and I'm 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 always surprised and always excited to learn about these things. Well, Dan, we are about out of time here. Is there any? Do you have any final thoughts on the last five years of this show? So we are now. Uh, <laughs> what? What are you? <laughs> We're now ten uh, percent as old as D and D, right? So we are. So this month uh, we are enjoying the the fifth anniversary of Wandering DMs, and then I believe next month, I believe I believe people like John Peterson point to January of nineteen seventy four as the initial inception of Dungeons and Dragons. So the the fiftieth anniversary. What 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 gemstone is that? What what material is that, Paul? We just looked uh, that gold. up before the show. Golden anniversary. Golden gold. anniversary. Okay, the golden anniversary uh, is twenty twenty four. So and and I'm sure that uh, there's a whole lot of people going to be talking about it. We're going to be talking about it, of course. Um, and uh, I would you know, and some of our viewers have made I think the very astute observation that you know maybe this is an opportunity for more people to discover old school D&D or the retro clones. You know, we did a whole episode just on, you know, various retro clones this year that was great. You know, maybe more people will discover OED or Swords and Wizardry or things like that. And so uh, we'll look for the opportunities this, this year to get the word out even more. And maybe at the transition point between fifth and one D&D, people will be looking for other, you know, alternatives that are, aren't digital, aren't expensive. And uh, we'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking about that 50th anniversary quite a lot uh, in the upcoming year. And I'm looking forward to that. Now, Dan, as I mentioned uh, to you earlier, of course, because you and I use the silver standard, we will be observing the golden anniversary as the silver anniversary, which is, of course, uh, only 25 years, not 50. So you and I will be partying like it's 1999. <laughs> <laughs> that was... That was a maze, Paul. That was that was that, that, that was that was a labyrinthine. <laughs> well, I'm to get to that. Point. Okay, and I'm here for it. I couldn't be more here for it, Paul. Yes, viewers, that thing. That gonna turn it, yeah, viewers are going to turn it to you if you have anything that you're hoping to see in the next season of Wandering DMs. Uh, please. Leave us a comment in the comment section of this YouTube video. Tell us what you're hoping to see in season six. Uh, Dan and I 
Um, would love to hear from you. Would love to hear what kinds of content we should be putting forward. We, we're taking a little break. We're going to be off for a little bit, uh, making a new album cover for season six. Uh, tell us what you want to see. Definitely, definitely. And um, if there are uh, topics that you uh, feel we, we cut off in our hour long uh, time at any point in the past five years, tell us about things that we should go back to uh, and, and talk about more. We would love to hear about that. And of course, do remember that that you can follow and subscribe to us. We are on a bunch of social media. We're on YouTube and Twitch and Facebook and GitHub and TikTok and probably some other places at this point uh, by the handle Wandering DMs. So if you look for us there, uh, we would love to see you. If you prefer to listen to our show in audio-only podcast format, you can find those podcasts on our website at wanderingdms.com. You can also find our podcasts on various carriers like iTunes and Spotify and Pocket Cast. If you're listening to the show right now on a site that carries us, uh, please, and if they offer it, please rate and review our show. That helps other users of that site find us, and we really appreciate it. We really do. And of course, the best thing about the channel are our viewers and patrons, right? That fundamentally... That that's the, like I said, that's the thing that has frankly surprised me the most is the really great outpouring of feedback that we get. And if you're watching the show now or later, we, we can't thank you enough. It's so incredibly gratifying. And if you're one of the patrons who have supported the channel on Patreon, thank you so much. We could not possibly do uh, the, what all the shows and all, all the content we've done without your assistance. So it's 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 every, every it's a, it's a fabulous Christmas gift to us. Um, if you would like to, if you're not a patron currently and you'd like to join them, please visit patreon.com slash wandering DMs. You'll see your different tiers. Like we say, the conversation is always continuing on Discord. Um, uh, I'm personally kind of blown away by the really thoughtful commentary that's happening there. You know, sometimes it's about stuff in the shows. Sometimes it's the stuff about upcoming shows. And sometimes it's just totally different topics that we've never even touched on yet here. Um, and just um, just really, really intelligent conversations. And that's what I wanted the show to be about. And then it's spun off into all these, you know, all these side channels, uh, which has been the best, frankly, the best thing, Paul. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, definitely. So we'll be on Discord with our normal after chat, video after chat, uh, if you are a patron uh, in about 10 minutes, like we always do. So we would love to see you there. And uh, I think the plan is we will be back on january 7th like paul said so we'll take a couple weeks off for the holidays like we do to um uh for a short rest and uh, get our hit points back up and our fatigue level better and uh we'll plan to be back on january 7th and i'm sure that we'll be talking about things around the uh, the 50th anniversary of dungeons and dragons uh probably that episode and all throughout the year so i'm, I'm really looking forward to that yeah, of course, who knows what uh, monkey wrenches will be tossed at us as uh, as we saw at the very <laughs> beginning of this season. So who knows what we might be talking about on January 7th. I suppose we'll see. Surprise, players. And that's why you play. <laughs> that's why you're in the game right there. So yeah, we're live basically every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And we've, we've kept up with that for five years now. And we're going to keep going because we love it so much. So please... Join us again when, we, when we're back uh, next year on January 7th for another thought-provoking discussion. We'll see you then.